I was actually talking to a comic the other day and he was like, ah, I hate whenever people joke about dating and, you know, it's just so, so overdone. And I'm just like, yeah, from a white man's perspective, like (laughs) the way that dating, like just to assume that your experience is the same for everybody else is completely false. Like as an Asian woman, my dating experience will certainly be different than, than your dating experience. So joke about your experience, joke about what you know, and the audience will, will respect that. Welcome back to Knowledge Brew Supreme, the show that percolates your creativity. And it is I, your host, Dr. John Chansey, and I am back and better than ever. Before we begin today's episode, here is a quick ad from show sponsor, Barnana Snacks, to help pay the bills. All right, so my wonderful sponsors at Barnana Chips were so kind uh, to send me a care package with some wonderful snacks and wonderful chips of various kinds, different snacks to try. And I've been saving one for a while that I've been, been dying to try. And it's the organic plantain chips, spicy mango salsa, their kettle cooked style chips. So I'm going to do a live uh, first try, a live taste. Uh, and you can get my instant reactions to these chips. I've been dying to try these chips. So here we go. Open up the bag. Give a smell test. Ooh, ooh, I can smell the the sweetness, the 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 spiciness. Okay, here we go. First chip. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I like that a lot. Is the flavor is a little subtle? The spice is kind of subtle, but you can taste the sweetness of the mango right away. But that spicy mango kind of the salsa. Um, kind of creeping up in the back. I can feel the spice in the back of my, the back of my mouth right now. It's really good. Um, it's not overpowering the mango, the sweetness, but the salsa taste together, not overpowering, but a nice kick, you know, um, be good to have a glass of water with these, but I'm not feeling like, oh my God, I absolutely have to rush out and drink a glass of water right now. I like that, that subtle spice, uh, and combined with the sweetness. So let me give another chip. Good stuff. Good stuff. So check these out. They're Barnana spicy mango salsa. They're kettle style chip. It's fantastic. I would give it like an 11 out of 10. I don't know. Is that fair? But check it out. Thanks, Barnana. On today's episode, I'm joined by the one and only Jen Shamron. Uh, Jen is an up-and-coming stand-up comedian based out of Oklahoma City. And also, she is a former student of mine uh, from my days of teaching at PC North. And she is the second, and hopefully not the last, of my former students that might grace my podcast uh, with their presence. And I have just been dying to get someone from a stand-up comedy background on my show because I just think it's one of the coolest ways uh, humans sort of manifest and express their creativity. And I happen to notice, uh, uh, you know, from following, we're, we're mutual social media friends, and I saw that Jen was getting into stand-up. 
uh, and saw some of her clips and posts and was just immediately like tickled to death by some of the jokes she was sharing. And, and also, I just think it's like, I, I want to talk to you now early on in your stand-up career while this stuff is fresh on your mind, you know, kind of up and coming. And also, I want to interview you now before you get too big and you're too big to come on this show. And, you know, so it's all, it's all about timing, I feel like. So anyways, uh, welcome to the show, Jen. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Uh, I love talking about comedy. I'm sure that my friends and my boyfriend is very tired of hearing it. So <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Well, I guess the first thing I really want to know kind of to start was like, I, you know, how did you get into stand up comedy? Like, how did you know you want to do that? Like, was there some kind of singular moment that led you to say, oh, yeah, I really want to try this? Or, you know, what's your what's your origin story as far as getting into this field of, of creativity? So I don't think that there is a single moment. I think it was a cluster of small moments that just gradually added over time, because like whenever I was a kid, I just always liked to make people laugh. Um, I don't know if that's like the how I soothe my my mom um or um like whenever I would go to school I would hang out with my friends and um basically like try to make them laugh they would try to make me laugh and then I'd like come back home and then just like write down like all the things that they said were funny um and like me as an adult now, I'm like, oh, I was basically writing sketch, but like whenever I was a kid, um, I also consumed like a lot of sitcoms. So like That's a Raven, um, Fresh Prince, Everybody Hates Chris, like just, I watched all of it. Um, and I basically like lived my life uh, as a kid, like in a sitcom, so to speak. Like I was just trying to find the goofy in, in little things. Um, and sometime in my late teens, I was just like, oh, I think it'd be really cool to be like a late night host. Um, obviously wow. now with like streaming services and Netflix, like that kind of seems a little uh, farther reach, but um, a lot of my favorite comedians uh, actually started doing improv. So I tried improv. Um, I've done that for gosh, I think three years and then um, slowly started branching out, like going to open mics and then just like trying it out. Um, I feel like to answer your question, like I always gently knew that I wanted to be in like the comedy space. Like it was just like, I don't care if I make money doing it. It's just like my one thing that that I just really want to do. So let me ask you then, think back to that first experience. You know, you've you've been thinking about, you know, wanting to get into comedy. You've been, you know, uh, being funny around your friends and family and getting, I'm sure, getting positive feedback. You do, you do, um, you know, you do open mics and you do all these things that lead up. Like, what's that first moment of standing up on stage and doing your first set of stand-up like like what are your nerves I mean how are you feeling I mean does it does is that moment live up to the hype or or, or how was that what was that like what, from what you can recall um so the very first time that I did an open mic <clears throat> live actually I'm gonna back up a second because I know um like in high school doing um like mandatory presentations 
um, and like getting up and speaking, that was always like really easy for me. Like public speaking was never something that actually scared me. Um, oh. And I always focused on like trying to make whatever mandatory topic, like just interesting so that people aren't bored to death. Right. So like that was a little bit of like, oh, how do I present in a way that's like engaging and then sure. doing improv like we perform in front of like a live audience and sometimes the the house is packed out and it's like the stage fright wasn't really there um doing an open mic is different because it's all in my head <laughs> and it's more about like how do i move my body how do i time things to where the people that are watching me are receiving it so my head is in a space of like not nervousness but just like focusing like on how other people are perceiving me right yeah, yeah. so kind of as like a follow-up to you talking about your origins you know into comedy stand up, you know, um, improv, these things. Like, I'm just curious from your perspective, like what's the difference, or maybe if you can answer this, what's the difference between like being someone funny enough to make like your friends and family laugh versus being funny enough to get on the stage and make a whole group or a room full of people laugh? Like, is that a, is there a pretty large gap in your, do you think, or is it really just if you got the jokes, as long as you can get up there and do it and, and, and deliver it the right way, you can make anybody laugh. Or, or how do you feel about that? Um, so I think being being funny with my friends and family, it's definitely more organic and a lot more intimate, I would say. Um, mm. I, I like to think that everybody has a sense of humor. That's why people, you know, go to comedy shows, they watch um tv they share memes everyone has a sense of humor i think the difference between like just anybody versus like a comedian is someone is just like willing to go up there and try it because honestly i feel like of my friend groups like i am the least funny that is the only time <laughs> i want to be like like the funniest person in the room you know like if if my friends are not funny then we're probably not going to be friends for very long <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. And kind of related to that, have you picked up like more friends along the way who were involved in things like improv stand up? Like, is that, you know, oh, more of a. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, people, people that do improv, they have so many different goals. I've met people that um, started an improv wanting to get into acting, um, people that um, want to get into sketch writing or um, creating their own projects. Um, there's only a handful of people that start doing improv and getting into like stand up. I was like one of the very few. So oh, wow. um, I've met a lot of really cool people doing stand up as well, uh, at least in OKC. Awesome. So you kind of mentioned this in your last response, in your last answer, you talked about how being around friends and family, you know, being funny is more organic. But I'm just curious, like now that you you do stand up, like, you know, you, you go up and do these things, like, do you ever feel any kind of pressure to be funny when you're around people? Maybe especially when you're around other comedians, other improv artists, people like that. Is there is there ever any sense of like, oh, you know, I've got to be on my game because I'm around a lot of funny people right now? Oh, my gosh. Uh, around my my friends and family, there is no pressure. They know that I'm not funny. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I I only feel pressure 
um, whenever it's like people that's just like right outside my circle. So like sure. I have my friends, my family, but then they tell their friends and family like, oh yeah, Jen does comedy. And then when I meet them for the first time, it's like, okay, great, cool. Now I have to like put on a performance to prove that I'm funny. Um, of, of my improv and like, like comic friends, I honestly, like I kind of turn off my, my performance. Like we're very just like, like, this is just work for us. Like we're sharing ideas and they're just, they're funny but it's more of like a work mentality for me at this point. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, getting into stand-up comedy, you know, it seems like, you know, you're 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 putting out material on social media, you're getting up in front of crowds like I've seen you do at least locally, you know, like the Bricktown Comedy Club for example, like that's a, a fairly, you know, a, one of the more known venues around here. So as a stand-up comedian, like how important to you are those live reps? Like I think it's one thing to write a joke and to be like, "Okay, this is funny," but like to actually get out there and, and work it out in front of people, like is that part of your creative process of like working jokes out or where does where do those live reps come in for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important part um, that some people um, doing this, I think, forget is the audience is the most important part. Um, I will say, though, um, there have been times where I completely bomb and it's fine. Like the joke doesn't land in that crowd. But then like I'll still record my sets and I um, have been getting into the habit of posting it online and then it'll get like thousands of views and like um, reactions from people that like it. And I'm just like, that's crazy that it is totally working for someone else in a completely different state. And like, um, I think doing the live reps is is all a part of like strengthening the skill because sure. it's yeah it's 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 a really important process to like immediately get that feedback instead of working on material that probably you know could could be set to the side for later <laughs> sure and and that's kind of leading into my next question i'm curious about your process of actually writing jokes it sounds like you said you've been doing this for quite some time like even before you ever got on a stage even mm -hmm. before you like conceptualize like this is what i'm going to do um, you said you're kind of always looking for like the, the humor or the goofiness and, and, and things like so I'm curious now that you're a stand up you're you're do you have a formal process for writing jokes like a method and then once you get those jokes like written like how quickly are you trying to workshop that or get it in front of a live crowd yeah I I will preface this by saying I am a UX user experience designer by day that's how I pay the bills um, so the research side, um, really focusing on the audience and like that affects my process. Right. So like, um, I'll just, I'll just, um, say I do have a formal writing process where I'll make like a Venn diagram and, um, I put me on one side and other people slash the world on the other. And it's like, okay, what's going on in my life right now? you know, um, long-term relationships, buying a house, like just making a list of what's going on, like what's going on in the world and what, what do we have in common? So the center of the Venn diagram is, is like, this is how I connect to the world. These are the topics that I care about and that the world cares about. And I think making that connection with people, cause like, 
it's really easy to get up and like tell dick jokes, you know, but I mean, you've heard it so many times, at least I've heard it so many times and that's just not my comedy style. So that's just like the, the, a lot of my writing starts with like the foundation of like, what do I want my topics to be? So I take the, the things that connect me to the rest of the world and then I will make a quadrant. So another graph, um, oh. it'll be my experience, my friends and my family. And then below it'll be um, like my community or like the state that I'm in and then the world again. So I'm basically taking a topic. So like, let's say dating, what's my experience to dating? What are my friends and family, uh, what are their experiences with dating? And then I keep like expanding outwards. And then I try to like really hone in on like the state community and then my friends and family. Like the, that feels like my audience for this topic. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, that's just, that's just generating a topic. Um, I haven't even gotten into like the actual joke writing process, right? So like, I really try to set up the foundation of like, what is worth talking about? Because I don't really want to waste time on, I guess, silly ideas that, you know, sometimes silly ideas do come, but I, I feel like disciplining myself and writing about something that's more evergreen will pay off in the long run. So after I get through writing um, the experiences and thinking about this stuff, then that's whenever I generate a premise. And I try to challenge myself to like write 10 different premises. And it's, yeah, like at least once a week, I do 10 different ones. And basically I write it down um, and I try to pick like, what's an attitude that I have? Like, what's my opinion on this? And the attitudes that I usually have for things are like, I think it's weird stupid or hard, um, you know, something that you just observe in the experiences that you've had and then that other people you know have had. Um, and then right after that, I will write down the premise and then I have on my, um, I mean, everybody has it, like a, the voice memo app where yeah. I will record myself. Yeah. So I record myself ranting about the premise for two to five minutes and yeah. <laughs> if I have um, two to five minutes worth of complaints about this thing, that means it's a good, it's a good premise. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's even more fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I re, I, I will re-listen to the voice memo. I write down any funny ideas or funny things that I said. And then that's my half joke. Once I have a half joke, that's whenever I take it out into the audience in the real world to see if there's something there. So you have these, these kind of half-baked jokes or half-jokes, as you say, you get a chance uh -huh. to try them out. That's so cool. And like the formality of your process, I, it's so funny, just a couple minutes ago, you mentioned you're involved in, in, in UX design and it can clearly tell. I think that clearly is evident in the way you write jokes too. And that's, it, it sounds so fascinating. Um, so I'm very curious, kind of as a follow-up to that, like when you're writing jokes, when you're going through this process, whether it's the Venn diagram, the quadrants, you know, um, the, you know, all these steps along the way, when do you feel the most creative about a joke? Is it when you're in the middle of writing it in this formal step, or is it maybe like, okay, I've got the half, I have the half joke, I'm going to go workshop it. And then when I get that feedback, like, then there's a lot of creative work there too. Any, any way you want to take that question? Oh, um, 
yeah, I honestly feel the most creative. Um, I guess I have two, two places where I feel really creative is honestly going out and just like living life. I mean, it's just whenever I feel or I'm, I observe something in the real world and I feel angry or annoyed about something, then it it's like my body telling me like, I need to make a joke about this thing. <laughs> There's so many things to be angry about. Um, sure. you know, and I think humor is just such, it's my outlet for like how to express my opinion on things without like making it harder for anyone around me to hear about it. Um, and the second, the second place that I feel really creative is like, yeah, taking the half-baked joke um, into an audience. And then like, this is where my improv kind of comes in is like, okay, cool. If like, the audience is vibing with this this premise, then I get to have fun with it. And like, I think it really shines through whenever I'm kind of just like riffing on, on, on a silly idea. Oh, wonderful. So now I'm gonna kind of take a step back a, a bigger picture kind of look at like just the overall state of comedy. Cause it, you know, you said it earlier, like this is something you wanted to be involved with and now you definitely, you definitely are, you know comics, you follow it as well. Um, I'm just curious, like from an outside perspective, um, you know, for myself, out of my own curiosity, um, to someone who is involved in this, like, where is comedy right now? Like, it just seems, and the reason I ask that is because it just seems like it's very easy to offend people, to step on people's toes. Like, I guess really my overall question is like, in 2022, how do you approach being funny without quote unquote getting canceled like because I know there just it seems like if you go back to certain generations it's like almost all of the comedy is about mostly being offensive um towards various groups and now it's like well I mean for obvious reasons probably shouldn't and can't do that anymore so like <laughs> where is where do you kind of see that line like how do you be funny and not like just really step over the line I guess is what I'm asking mm, yes cancel culture we love it or, <laughs> yeah. or is comedy one of those things that it's like we expect maybe that you know that line to kind of get stepped on occasionally or maybe even just kicked over I don't know um I I, I love I, I love talking about this because it, it it's um I think people feel differently about it honestly but um so I will not speak for um all comedians this is just this is just my little hot take I I feel like comedy it's not something that can be measured in this moment um and I guess this is what I mean by like so earlier I um, mentioned evergreen comedy um and that term is used um among people that like usually talk about topics that um kind of transcend the human experience like it, it's not just about being crass or offensive for the sake of shock right I I honestly this is my hot take is like I think that it's a comedian's job to make people laugh <laughs> and yeah. if if but that with that being said there there are edgier topics um that people do enjoy right but um the process is continuously getting feedback and um, at the same time, being authentic to what your message could be, so to speak. And if you're 
going to be ignorant to the consequences of the things that you say, you know, you're, you're basically not taking responsibility for the influence that you do have on people. Um, I think there are very few people that probably take pride in being canceled. Um, just because it means that they're anti-woke or they're like the edge lord of all edge lords, and you know that my answer is not necessarily for them. There will always be people that just want to create some side of some sort of response out of people, yeah. but um, I think like whenever we talk about like the greats and uh, in, in comedy, like we think of maybe George Carlin or Richard Pryor, right? And I think comedy has always been about talking and observing the human experience, something that everyone can relate to. And, you know, these comedians have talked about um, really intense topics that, that still are relevant today. Um, I, I totally forgot where I was going with that, but I think the, the intention behind what the comedian is saying is is really important because I think a lot of people have really bad takes on things and it just shines through their comedy sure. and you know if you don't have the self-awareness or the intention to be inclusive then that's where you're probably going to end up on the the line of being canceled interesting yeah and I think that's you know, I don't want to go too far into the weeds on this, but it seems like that that just everything you said kind of reminded me of a lot of the controversy around like, you know, Dave Chappelle and his you know Netflix specials. It's like someone that is revered as a very, I don't know, I mean, you know, a legend in comedy, but then obviously having some kind of pushback now in this current generation. And, um, you know, I just think that all that whole thing was is really fascinating. So kind of getting into taking another you know bigger step back um you you talked about how you watched a lot of sitcoms you you had comedians you know who inspired you growing up like if you had to come up with like a, a, a starting five of of, of uh stand-ups uh who would they be like who are your top five who are the ones who really have been uh very inspirational or motivational to you oh boy um okay so i'm going to say my number one will be conan o'brien um, wow. he is Didn't obviously not a, he's not a stand-up comedian. Sure, <laughs> he, but he's hilarious. He, I love his style of comedy, um, because he was, um, a writer. He was on SNL and then was a writer. Um, no, I'm sorry. He wasn't on SNL. He was a writer for the Simpsons and, um, he had his late night show and then he still, um does uh podcasts and he even did like remote sketches for a little bit um and he has this ability to like go out into the world and just make strangers laugh because he never he never offends people he never does things you know out of malice and that's that's the the type of person that I would love to be is just to be able to like make people laugh without hurting somebody's feelings because I think hurting people's feelings like you're kind of just a big bully but um <laughs> so Conan's my number one um I don't 
I'm just gonna say Bill Burr's my number two. Oh, good choice. He's he's just so, so, okay. To be fair, his voice sometimes is is very aggressive. Um, he yells at you, but he is also a really good example of someone that will take um, edgier topics, but also not what we call punch down. Like he'll he's had a joke. And he talks about feminism, but he's not making fun of feminists. <clears throat> so I really, I really like his his directness and his energy and the way that he performs. Um, uh, I gotta say, Mitch Hedberg is really funny. Oh, a classic! <laughs> R.I.P. Really Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, gone way too soon. I. He does, his comedy doesn't necessarily have like a life message tied to it, but it, just his delivery, his his yes. character, his demeanor, it's it's just perfect. Um, I find my boyfriend and I often find ourselves just always referencing him. Um, Can I tell you my favorite Mitch Hedberg joke? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know, I'm probably gonna butcher it, but I like the joke, I love the joke where he criticizes Mr. Pibb over Dr. Pepper because at least Dr. Pepper was uh, brave enough to get a degree. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so silly, but it's like, oh my God, the way he delivers it is hilarious. Yes. So I, I can't um, do it any justice, but it's hilarious. Um, who else? I think I got two more. Um, Dimitri Martin. I, I like him oh, a lot. Good stuff. Um he's he's very dry um yes. but also being able to uh, similar to like Bo Burnham incorporating music into uh his bits is I, I don't know why it's just it's just a nice little cherry on top of the the set um sure. ooh, who'd be my number five um I would say Will Arnett oh wow yeah. That's a good choice. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Oh, he's hilarious. He's he's literally so funny. I mean, he's been on 30 Rock, Arrested Development. Just I don't know why. He he has like, he's just like tall. He has a very deep voice, but he's so yes. goofy. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, I can't even justify it. It's just he's number five. <laughs> I, I don't think that's, I think that's an amazing top five. I think all of those people are, are very funny in very different ways. So that, that was cool. Um, so kind of a couple of questions, like thinking about now you've been doing stand-up for a while, you know, you've had a chance to get on the stage and work out some jokes and write jokes and, and you know, fully develop those from, you know, half-baked to fully baked and all the above. So what like if, if someone came to you and said hey Jen I'm, I want to I'm thinking about you know trying out stand-up I'm thinking about you know giving it a shot um what tips would you give to someone who wants to try stand-up like what advice would you give um advice that I would give to someone wanting to try stand-up um I would say the first thing is that after you consume a lot of comedy it's really hard to laugh again <laughs> I will say that um though comedy often seem 
it seems like magic whenever you're watching someone else do it. Um, so I don't want to take the magic out of it by by saying I think either reading a book about um, jokes and joke formats and how to public speak. Um, there are whether people like it or not, there are mechanics to the mechanics to a joke and and how to to talk. Um, it's not necessarily just going up and telling stories, though you can certainly incorporate jokes into a story format. So understanding the mechanics um, will be a lot better than like trial and error. Um, there are classes, online classes. I know Second City offers a, a stand-up class where you can um, learn how to brainstorm, uh, generate topics, and present it to like a small group of people before you go out into the world, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Um, I would say my next advice is like motivation is never going to come to you. You have to just like do it <laughs> it's whether it's like like Seinfeld uh he made a commitment to himself to write one joke um every single day whether it's good or not like just just write a joke write a half-baked joke just like write something that you saw that you thought was funny even if it's someone else's joke like it's it's your humor you're building your voice while you do that um so just just pick one really small step that works for you and and do it immediately because um, building that momentum is the most important part. Um, my last piece of advice would probably be there are plenty of edge lords and hacks and um, <laughs> trust me we've we've seen them all. We don't need any more. Um, it's just the cliche of be yourself. Um, you're wanting to do comedy for a reason because you have a message you have a story. And um, I was actually talking to a comic the other day and he was like, ah, I hate whenever people joke about dating and, you know, it's just so, so overdone. And I'm just like, yeah, from a white man's perspective, like <laughs> the way that dating, like just to assume that your experience is the same for everybody else is completely false. Like, as an Asian woman, my dating experience will certainly be different than, than your dating experience. So joke yes. about your experience, joke about what you know, and the audience will, will respect that. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that degree of genuineness can, I think that's one of those things that you can't really measure it necessarily, but you can really tell like the really good comics, the really good, you know, people are crafting jokes and telling funny stories and such. I think the, the ones who can really do it from a genuine place are, uh, it really shows. So um, now kind of another big picture question. I'm just curious, like, you know, from your perspective, like the general public, what do you think the biggest misconception the general public has about doing stand-up comedy or anything at all, any direction you want to take, or just in general about stand-up comedy? for people who don't know, who don't do it themselves? I think I've been told a lot that anyone can do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so interesting. I don't, I don't disagree, but whenever one of my friends says that I'm like, okay, let's go to an open mic 
and you try it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, not so funny after all, huh? Um, I mean, it does take a little bit of work to actually crafting jokes. And I mean, five minutes sounds like so short, but when you're up on stage and you've got nothing, it can feel like forever. <laughs> so there, there's my first one. I think my second one would be... Um, what do people think about comedy? I mean, I've heard this from my mom um, who, who thinks that it's like, it must be so hard to, to tell jokes without offending people. I mean, we've talked about this already, but that seems to be really big. And I, I told her like, I don't have that issue yet. And yeah. if I tell a joke, I, I do try to be really intentional about um where am I going with this? Like, what can, what are people going to ultimately take away from this joke? Um, there's a lot of dark stuff. Um, people think that, oh, well, I, you, I, I, I just have a dark sense of humor and this stuff is funny to me. And I'm just like, well, you know, there's a place for that, but, um, that's very for in this moment and you know if you want to be a comedian where you're, jo you're just telling jokes for now then that's fine but you know uh there are the greats who don't make jokes like that and maybe they probably learn from making those mistakes but I, I do think that comedians can can come back from being canceled um and the very last thing is I I've been made fun of before and sometimes my friends will be mean to me and they're like, you're, you're a comedian. Shouldn't you be able to take a joke? And I'm like, you're not joking. You're just being, <laughs> you're just being oh, mean. No. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone being, yeah, someone, someone being a comedian doesn't mean that they just have no emotion. <laughs> there you go. Comedians are not just uh, joke robots. You know? Exactly. They have feelings too. Jeez. They have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> interesting all right well I've got a few more kind of wrap-up kind of questions um one I I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit and you can totally say no mm -hmm. uh do you have any do you have any jokes you're currently that are like in that half-baked process anything you'd be willing to share if not it's okay I, I understand I just thought I would I'd have to ask while I have a comedian here uh-huh yeah no I I do I I have not taking this out into the real world yet so you're you're hearing it now for the for the very first time oh my um, god okay I'm excited my so I'm not I'm not gonna start the joke out yet it's just I've I've been thinking about hobbies um because I just think that like how we define what we do in our free time um kind of gives us a little bit of an identity as well sure. so um like I, I was comparing pottery. Like we, we assume that like, like a hobby must involve a skill. All right. So pottery, that that's a good hobby. Uh, having sex also includes a skill, but you can't say that you have sex as a hobby. So I think the way that we define it, um, is based off of either your ability to do it well or your ability to make money off of it which you can make money off of doing both still um 
so that's a half-baked joke my my next one is also still about hobbies um I don't really um find it easy to make friends with people that uh I share hobbies with you know it's like um doing improv you'll meet like 40 year old people it's like under under no other circumstances would we ever be friends except for this specific context so I was thinking okay like what if there was like tinder but for hobbyists and <laughs> yeah and then I was just coming up with other ideas of like okay so you know um sending messages like okay we matched um yeah are you dtf uh down to frisbee golf okay <laughs> um are you um what is it uh are you are you gonna i don't know slide into to the dms into the dance moves <laughs> that one's really bad but i i still really enjoy it um like it. uh catfishing can also be catfishing <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah yeah for real yeah so oh goodness yeah that's that's it that's that's it for my my take on hobbies right now Okay. I like it. I can see a lot of, I can see a lot of potential there. Some pretty funny moments popping up there. So that's, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. One of the things I always ask, and I'm definitely curious about your opinion as a comedian, I, I'm, I'm fascinated about your response to this next question. Uh, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to these days? I know, I think earlier you talked about um, there are books, for example, for maybe getting into comedy. Do you have any recommendations or anything that um, you've read in the past or or currently reading? Any, any way you want to go with that at all? Mm -hmm. um, uh, okay, so for, I'm going to take a peek at, you can cut this out. I'm going to take a peek at my library. Okay, so books that I recommend for comedy specifically, I I think reading How to Talk to Anyone, <laughs> that's not a comedy specific book, obviously. I think that there just needs to be some awareness in how we talk to people. Um, there is a book called Truth in Comedy, which it does touch on improv. Um, I think learning the skills of improv will help you to kind of generate more ideas um, and to be um, a little more loose with the way that you think about things. Um, what else? I think that's it for comedy books. Um, what I'm reading, oh, I lied. No, this is for stand-up specifically. I have it, that's why I couldn't find it. It's called the Comedy Bible. Um, it <clears throat> talks about sketch, uh, writing stand-up, just writing ideas, um, committing to doing stand-up, uh, the mechanics and the format of writing jokes. I highly, recommend that book for anyone wanting to get into stand-up comedy specifically. I have reread that book so many times because it's still very relevant to me. Um, what I'm reading, watching, listening to now, I, I'm reading a lot of books, but the ones that have uh, my attention right now is the autobiography of Malcolm X. Oh, good stuff. I've read that a uh -huh. few years ago. It is a must read. 
is very good. I'm I'm literally like 50 pages away from finishing it. Um, and the uninhabitable earth. I'm reading oh, that as well. Yeah, yeah. I just finished. That. I think you you reached out to me. You mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh my god. Such a like depressing but very good book. Like it scares I, the shit out of me. Also, it's good. It's a it's a must read. Yeah, I, I think it's really funny because like my friends will look at my library and they'll see like Albert Camus, like I have really dark, depressing stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, that's that's the inside of the comedian's brain. <laughs> um, well, we just finished watching Breaking Bad. This is my second time rewatching it. No, no, no. This is oh, my God. third time, my third time rewatching it. Actually, I've, I've seen it so many times. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, listening to a lot of podcasts as well. I like um, 10% Happier, which is about, um, <clears throat> it's like Buddhism for skeptics. Oh, interesting. I am, I am not a skeptic, but I do like how they take um, like meditation and, and Buddhist ideals into real world situations. Um, your Undivided Attention, uh, is another good podcast. It's about the influence of technology on people and um, social communities. Um, Conan O'Brien's podcast, of course. It's oh, just, course. it's really funny. He does talk a lot about comedy and, and comedy writing. And it's just in itself really funny. I recommend listening to the one with um, Paul Rudd. Will Arnett and Tracy Morgan. Those are those are my three. You need to listen to those. <laughs> Great suggestions. I yep. love it. Excellent. So, where uh, kind of last question here? Where can listeners of this show uh, find your stand up acts? Maybe on social media, or do you have a set or anything coming up? Anything you want to plug? I finally created my Instagram that's just dedicated to comedy and it's called comedy with Jen, all lowercase, no spaces, no weird characters. That's on Instagram. I post once a week, just a clip of uh, my sets. And then that's also where I announce where I do shows. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Please definitely check, check out the, the, you know, the clips they're hilarious. Um, and it's a great way to support uh, local up-and-coming stand-up comics like Jen. So uh, thank you again to Jen Shamron for joining me today. I'll throw some links in the show notes um, where you can find that Instagram page. Uh, thank you again for joining me. This has been a pleasure. Uh, this makes episode 47 of Knowledge Brew Supreme, and I am your host, Dr. John Chansey. Uh, my goal is to get to 100 episodes uh, I mean, now I'm only 53 away from that goal. So thank you for listening. Please share, subscribe, and review. Be good. Be safe. Peace out.